This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible, we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 9 this morning. We're still in the series, Miracles of the New Testament. And we come to number 16 this morning by our reckoning, Jesus heals two blind men. Now what we're doing in 2023 is we're walking through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. If God's people could look for, to learn to look for, and then apply the principles and patterns they see in the miracles of the New Testament, they could live their lives and hardly have an unmet need. And today we come to the third of three miracles that happened in quick succession on the same day. Number 14, Jesus heals a woman in the crowd with an issue of blood. Number 15, Jesus raises Jairus' daughter back to life. And now number 16, Jesus heals two blind men. Now what we're going to do, because we've mentioned for the last couple of Sundays that these three miracles happen in quick succession, we're going to back up and look at these three miracles and see if we can find a pattern or patterns or principles in the midst of these three miracles because they happen boom, boom, boom in quick succession on the same day. Let's go to Matthew 9, verse 18. While he was saying this, a ruler came. And of course, that's uh, Matthew's language. In Mark's gospel, we find out this was a synagogue ruler. The synagogue ruler we've been talking about the last two Sundays. While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, everybody say, and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Say it out loud. She said. Or as the Berean Standard Bible has it more correctly from the Greek, she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I will be healed. Say it out loud. She kept saying. Jesus turned and saw her. Look, um, this is on my mind because I just watched part one of the 2021 Holy Week Revival. <laughs> Pastor, you know, somebody asked, a famous minister asked my son, who does your dad listen to? Well, he listens to Kenneth Hagin, he listens to John Osteen, he listens to Fred Price, and he listens to himself. <laughs> no point going down to the second or third levels. But in the first message of the 2021 Holy Week Revival, I asked this question. Ever had a dog? You, everybody knows you can go get a little puppy. And who names the puppy? You do. All right. 
then how do you teach the puppy its name? You just do that one time? No, you, repetition. And then by and by, what happens? Puppy knows its name. Who gave it the name? How did the puppy learn its name? By repetition. So you had to what? You had to what? You had to say something one time or over and over. Now, that won't work with cats. <laughs> but my point is, what, what an what a easy, simplistic illustration. This is the way God designed the earth. This is the way God designed the earth. I'm going through a situation with ducks. You know, they're welcome to my yard. They're welcome to my fountain. But they're not welcome to my pool. And I just knew that uh, I could speak authoritatively to them, and that'd be the end of it. And it's been a little more than that. And I don't want to hurt them. Some things I don't mind hurting, but I don't want to hurt them. And they're so cute. They, they walk around the yard like an old married couple. <laughs> they're really cute. But I went out there this morning to run them off again, and, and a voice inside of me said, that's the way you have to do the devil. Because we've learned that even the Lord Jesus himself had to speak the word of the Lord to the devil three times to get the devil to leave. And even then, it says that Satan left him until a more opportune time. So what am I, why am I bringing this up? She kept saying. And we have not as much in this church, as much in my life, as I have emphasized the importance of words and confession, we have not yet comprehended, apprehended the importance of the words of our mouth. We, we, we're still not there. That whole 2021 Holy Week revival was about confession. Confession brings possession, but we can't teach on it too much. We're going to see this. She said to herself, the Berean Standard Bible has it correct, more correct from the Greek. She kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Say it out loud. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. When Jesus entered the ruler's house, the synagogue ruler's house, and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, say it out loud, he said, go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. They laughed at God. They laughed at the Son of God after the crowd had been put outside. Put outside. He went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Mark 5.41 says, he took her by the hand and said, say it out loud, he, and said, he said to her. Mark said she was on the brink of death. Matthew says she was already gone. Why would you talk to a dead person? This is the power of words. This is the power of words. I said, this is the power of words. Now, somebody could say, well, that was Jesus. Well, that's true, that's true. But, you know, we've had two guest speakers here at Faith Christian Center who raised the dead, T.L. Osborne and, and Bud Sickler. 
Now, I'm not saying we ought to go out there and start practicing at that level this week. Maybe you ought to start with $500. Maybe you, maybe you ought to speak to a headache. See, we're trying. Here's what we do. We dealt with this Wednesday night. We, try, we live our lives and do nothing until we get the bad report from the doctor. Then we try and walk by faith and not by sight. That's very difficult to do. So speak to the headache. Speak to, uh, speak to the debt. Hallelujah. Learn how it works. Tell your neighbor, learn how it works. Tell the neighbor on the other side, learn how faith works. He said to her, Talitha Kuam, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. News of this spread all through that region. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, or he said to them, say it again, he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied, or said. Then he touched their eyes and said, say it out loud, and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Now, there's a lot of saying going on in these three miracles, so let's track it. Jesus said to the two blind men, according to your faith, will it be done to you? We, we don't believe this. Now, listen, I'm not trying to be offensive, but we don't believe this because Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Jesus, okay, but we don't believe this, and I'll tell you why I know we don't believe this, because if we believe that, that's what we would be working on. If we believe that, that's what we would be working on. We wouldn't be listening to rap. We wouldn't be watching news press conferences. We wouldn't be doing a lot of the stuff we're doing if we believe that. According to your faith, will it be done unto you? Now, if that's true, and it has to be because Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, if that's true, and it has to be, what is the most important thing in your life? Well, the Word of God is a synonym, but what word am I looking for? It's on the front of the building. Faith. Because, see, we want to think we're going to receive from God by whining. Nobody here has ever gotten anything from God by whining. We want to think we're going to get received from God by complaining. Nobody here has ever received anything from God by complaining. And we've all tried it. How about this? We're not going to receive anything from the Lord by feeling sorry for ourselves. And we've all tried it. Why me? So... The only way we're going to receive anything from the Lord is by faith. He said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? <laughs> I'm, I'm working on Mark 11, 25 and 26, and it's been kind of brutal. But anyway, I'm working on it. And so one morning I'm out there praying and I, I went down through a list of ministers and, and I don't have a problem with them, but I know they have a problem with me. And I went down through the list and I... I Ask the Lord to forgive me for offending him. Because, you know, a lot of times people just cut you off and you don't know what you did. But, you know, I must have done something, so it's all my fault. So, Lord, I confess it. You know, I offended him. I get all through this list. And the Lord said to me, he said, why would you ask my forgiveness for believing my word? In other words, he equated 
some folks being offended, not everybody, because we've offended some people and we did it. But I'm talking about this other kind of offense. He said, he, he equated people being offended with believing his word. Look, when you believe the word of God, some folks are not going to be happy about it. There might be a few happy about it, but some folks won't be happy about it. Because Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you. Now, exactly, this is exactly and precisely the beef. Tell your neighbor, this is the beef. Tell the neighbor on the other side, this is the beef. And listen, I've been doing this. I know I look good, but I've been doing this 50 years. That's 50 years. And so I know whereof I speak. This is the beef right here. Because they can't acknowledge that. They can't acknowledge that. They cannot acknowledge that. You must have stole it, or it must be nepotism, or uh, some way, somehow, you're God's favorite, they're not God's favorite. There has to be some other reason, because the problem with according to your faith will it be done unto you is anybody can do it. I said the problem with according to your faith will it be done unto you is anybody can do it. And see, the vast majority don't want to come to this acknowledgement because if it is according to your faith and you ain't got no debt and they have debt up to their eyeballs well basically they have a faith problem and that can't be the issue because they don't have any problems they know everything they've never made a they've never made a mistake in their entire lives they they know as much about the bible as anybody else and and they went down to the Kami uh, church and found out that God blesses all of us the same no matter what we do or say. So they cannot acknowledge. It is impossible for them to acknowledge and that is the problem with the name on the building. It's impossible for them to acknowledge that what they believe has anything to do with how their life turns out. What they believe, and uh, the big one, well, three of them, what they believe and what they do and what they say. But I love it. I said, I love it. I said, I love it. Because I'll tell you what, through no fault of my own, I was born into a home with two absolute narcissists, selfish, I don't know what other adjectives to use. And I'll tell you what, I should have been in jail. I should have been in prison. I should not have made it. But I got hooked on the word of God. I connected to the right fathers in the faith. And they taught me, praise the Lord, that I could have faith in God, have faith in God, have faith in God. And I could take my destiny by the horns, hallelujah. Then I could run the devil out of my life. And I could speak the word of faith over my life and I could speak the word of God over my life and I could shape my future with my faith and with my words. Hallelujah. 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 Then you get down the road a few decades, you look back, say, golly, that worked. And then somebody come in, you know, first time visitor, try and talk you out of it. No, too late, too late, too late, too late, too late. Hallelujah. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Hallelujah. All my needs met, all my bills paid. Hallelujah. Ain't taking no pills. Hallelujah. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. All 100% original 1995 body parts. 1955. I just confessed 40 years off my life. 
I wish that worked. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd get some hair back. So there's a lot of saying in these three miracles. Tell your neighbor, there's a lot of saying in these three miracles. So let's track it. Jesus said to the two blind men, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? Now, where's the white privilege in that? Where's the male privilege in that? According to your faith, will it be done unto you? And yet in my lifetime, the vast majority of Christians I've come across have made no effort whatsoever to grow their faith. And the only way we can grow our faith is to hear the Word of God, confess the Word of God, and take action on the Word of God. The only way we can grow our faith is to hear the Word of God, confess the Word of God, and take action on the Word of God. The only way we can grow our faith is to hear the Word of God, confess the Word of God, and take action on the Word of God. James 1.22, But be you doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving or deluding yourselves. But be ye doers of the Word, not hearers only. NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Do what it says. Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's, that's more important than, other, uh, than ever. Just a couple of weeks back, you know, uh, the drooler signed an executive order authorizing uh, insects in foods. I'll tell you what, it's going to be more important than ever going forward to buy the best of the land. Hallelujah. You know, when my wife started down the organic road, I thought, you know, who cares? But I'll tell you what, these are wicked, evil people, and if they can make an extra nickel by filling your crackers with bugs, they're going to do it. Are you hearing me? If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land, not the worst, not the least, not the leftovers. Hallelujah. <laughs> in the living Bible, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Say it out loud. Jesus said, Jesus it's going to be according to my faith, so I may as well believe God for the best. Number one, the synagogue ruler had a positive confession. Matthew 9, 18, while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, say it out loud, and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Number two, the woman with the issue of blood had a positive confession. Verse 19, Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, say it out loud, she said, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. The Berean Standard Bible has it more accurately, for she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. Number three, Jesus responded to the woman's positive confession with a positive confession of his own. Back to uh, Matthew 9, verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, say it out loud. He said, your faith has healed you. Number four, Jesus responded to the synagogue ruler's positive confession with a positive confession of his own. Are you getting a pattern here? I said, are you, getting a, are you picking up a pattern here? Matthew 9, verse 23, when Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, say it aloud, he said, 
Go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. We know from Mark's gospel that he said, Talitha Kum, little girl, I say to you, get up. News of this spread through all that re region. Then Jesus made another positive confession or declaration. Again, Mark's gospel, 541. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. See, in other words, Jesus is who Jesus is. But they kept these three miracles right in a row. They said positive things. And Jesus responded to their positive what? Did, was it telepathy? Was it, was it positive thoughts? You know, like they say, uh, I'll have a good thought for you. Is that what we're talking about this morning? I said, is that what we're talking about this morning? What was coming? What, how did Jesus know what was in their hearts? By the words coming out of their mouth. Jesus knew what was in their hearts by the words coming out of their mouths. Number five, the two blind men had a positive confession. Matthew 9, 27, as he went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, or he said to them, he asked them, or he said to them, say it out loud, he said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied, or they said, say it again, they said, then he touched their eyes and said, say it out loud, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith will it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Now listen, there's no way in 2023 to understand how far the, the nation has sunk. We pioneered this church on January 1, 1984. So back in the 80s, now you can't relate to this. But back in the 80s, they used to have what was called positive motivational seminars. And they would have positive motivational speakers. Like, I remember I used to like Ira Hayes. And they would bring in Robert Schuler and, and, of course, Zig Ziglar. I love Zig Ziglar because when my father cut me off, when I told him I was going to Bible school, that was 1974. I got a job outside sales in Springfield, Missouri, selling cookware. You, only, you didn't make money by the hour. You only made money when you sold, and that was after cancellations. And the owner took a liking to me. Galen Schluter was his name, and he gave me a book by W. Clement Stone. He gave me a book by Napoleon Hill, and he fed me week by week. He fed me Zig Ziglar tapes. You, you don't know what it, that is. That was, that was a, a cassette tape, and if you had a car with that option, you could put it in the dashboard and you could listen to it. And I'd, my first assignment was Harrison, Arkansas, and I'd listen to Zig Ziglar all the way down to Harrison, Arkansas. And then uh, I'd listen to Zig Ziglar all the way back. My first weekend out on my own, I set the company record that weekend working 18, 20 hours a week, and I was making money. And I'm telling you, then later on, we, we come back from Africa, and they're doing these positive motivational, you can't imagine, you can't imagine, you can't imagine the old reunion arena. They would fill it, thousands and thousands and thousands. And some of them were Christians, I'm sure, but they weren't all Christians, just business folk. You know what I'm saying? People out here selling real estate, people in various kinds of lines of work, but they wanted to come and hear about having a, a positive mental attitude. That's all gone. That's all gone. Now all we have is men in kilts. Yeah. 
I said, that's all gone. That's all gone. That's all gone. Now all we have is greed and mendacity and malice and envy and jealousy. That's all gone. That positive mental attitude, that po- and they lifted all of that, with, knowing what we knew about the Word of God. We'd sit there even listening to a, a secular speaker like Ira Hayes. He, everything he was teaching was lifted out of the Bible. So think about it. They could fill that old reunion arena with, I don't know how many it used to hold, they could fill it, 8,000 or so people, and, and, and people were hungry for that, and they would pay money, they would buy a ticket to go to something like that, and then when they were there, they were buying books and tapes. While they were there, they were hungry, they were hungry, they were hungry, but they weren't getting it in their churches on Sundays. So the whole, the whole thing has changed. The whole culture has changed. It's just, all, it's just all greed. It's all malice. It's all envy. It's all jealousy. It's the blame game. I can't get ahead because of whiteness. I can't get ahead because of maleness. So every male needs to turn into a female. And I can't get ahead because of this, and I can't get ahead because of that. The whole, the whole concept of, you know, if, if I will do right and if I will be honest and if I will do a good job, how about this? How about this now in 2023? If I'll pay my bills. Now, starting May 1, if you have a high credit score, they're going to charge you a 1% penalty. And if you have a lousy credit score, they're going to give you a 1% bonus. D-A-M-N, I shouldn't have paid all those bills. It's, it's insanity, 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 insanity. But I'll tell you what, you know, I had a call the other day. Gail called, and I, I, because I've got a vehicle in the shop, I, my phone is not silenced, unknown caller, so this call comes through, and I, I instinctively hit the button, and it's this woman, uh, debt consolidation. So, you know, I let her start into her spiel. I feel so bad just hanging up on people. And so she starts into, but then when she took a breath, I said, I ain't got no debt. <laughs> so if you, don't, if you ain't got no debt, you don't have to pay the 1% fee That's right. yeah. for having too high a credit score. Right. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I said, are you hearing me? Yes. Hallelujah. I'm he- I came down to this house this morning to testify that you can speak the word of God over your life and you can change your circumstances and you can speak to your body and you can speak to your money and you can speak to your, your family's bodies and you can speak to your debt and you can change your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It does not matter what the devil's crowd is doing the word of God works and the word of God will help you overcome whatever the devil's got going can I get an amen Amen. number six Jesus responded to the two blind men's positive confession with a positive confession of his own Matthew 9 29 then he touched their eyes and said say it out loud and said according to your faith will it be done to you now what if what if what if The Lord Jesus Christ himself, not in a vision, but what if the Lord Jesus Christ himself showed up here this morning and we took the time 
and we ran over the next service and he came and he stood in front of each one of you and he pointed at you and said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? Would that be good news or bad news? I said, would that be good news or bad news? And who, who, who determined... Who, de who determined whether it would be good news or bad news? Jesus? Who, who determined who, whether it would be good news or bad news? We do. We do. Three miracles in a row, three positive confessions in a row. And Jesus proved himself consistent in his approach and his response. You know, it's sad to me, but a lot of the church world, they're out there teaching right now on Sunday morning that, that you can't count on God. You can absolutely count on God. He was consistent. Three miracles in a row, boom, boom, boom. And he was consistent in his response, and he was consistent in his approach. Jesus is the high priest of our profession or confession. Jesus, our Lord, is watching over our words. Why? Well, because he is the high priest of our profession or confession. Jesus is sitting right now at the right hand of the Father, awaiting the words of our mouths. He is there right now waiting to see what we will say. He is waiting to see whether we will speak words in agreement with his word or whether we will speak words in disagreement with his word. Hebrews 3.1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. The word there in the King James pro profession is homologia. Homo means same. Log logia means word. Same word. He is the, he's not the high priest of your opinion. He's not the high priest of your bright ideas. He's the high priest of the same word. He is the high priest of us saying the same word. He is the high priest of us saying the same thing. Since he is the high priest of our profession, our confession, the word of God tells us that we ought to be very careful about what we profess or confess. For you see your profession, your confession, what you say is in and of itself a kind of a sowing. Confession is not the only way we can take action on the Word of God, but confession is one way we can take action on the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our homologia. Now why would he say let us hold fast unless there were going to be opportunities and temptations to get off the Word? Talk to me, people. I'm doing a better job speaking than you are responding. You know, I'd give myself an A minus, I'd give you a D plus. Amen. <laughs> he says, he is, since he is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So that tells me, just the language of the New Testament, probably Paul, tells me I'm going to be given opportunity to be moved off the Word of God. I'm going to be given opportunity to be pushed off the Word of God. So I got to hold fast. I said I got to hold fast. 
because there's doctors and lawyers and, and bankers and mortgage brokers and, and, you know, relatives. Oh, my gosh, we're a long way from Thanksgiving, but here we go again. And so it all comes up and all these opportunities to be pushed off the Word of God. So we have to, we have to come into agreement with the Word of God, and then we got to hold fast. Chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession, homologia of our faith without wavering. So I can't say one thing on Sunday and something else on Monday. And some people are still into this spiritual talk routine. You know, they, they come to Faith Christian Center on Sunday. Somebody say, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. You know, and they go into their super spiritual routine. But we don't know what they're saying Monday through Saturday. We don't know what they're saying when the mortgage broker gives them bad news. We don't know what they're saying when the banker gives them bad news. We don't know what they're saying when the CPA gives them bad news. We don't know what they're saying when the doctor gives them bad news. You got to hold fast, and you got to hold fast without wavering. Hallelujah. And remember what Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two to 24. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. See, we don't believe that either, because if we believe that, man, we would be on it. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have 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 them. Faith agrees with God. Faith takes sides with God. Faith takes sides with the Word of God. Faith talks. Listen, I know I'm out of time, but listen, we got a whole group of these so-called evangelical preachers, and uh, for years, they wouldn't stand with God on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then for years, they wouldn't stand with God on healing. And for years, they wouldn't stand with God's word on speaking in other tongues. I mean, I mean, they wouldn't stand with God's word. They wouldn't stand with God's word. They wouldn't stand with God's word. Now, fast forward to the last 10 years. Now here comes, you know, alternate lifestyles. They fall for that. Then comes men in kilts, and they fall for that because they wouldn't stand for God's word on the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and they wouldn't stand with God's word on speaking in other tongues, and they wouldn't stand on God's word on divine healing. Well, then they're suckers for whatever else the devil wants to roll out. But I'm telling you what, without apology, I'm standing, I'm standing, and I'm not veering, and I'm not bending, and I'm not bowing. Hallelujah. I believe the Word of God. I said I believe the Word of God. Can you see it? They wouldn't stand. They wouldn't stand. Now they're kneeling. Hallelujah. But I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. No, 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 no. Jesus said, 
he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now let's tie this all back for ending Matthew 9 and the concept of Jesus being the high priest of our profession and our series on the miracles of the New Testament. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said to the two blind men, according to your faith will it be done to you. According to your faith, not your neighbor's faith. See, faith talks, faith speaks, but faith also has to be backed up by action, and that's the rub. That's the rub. That's the issue. That's where, that's where I lose people. Faith talks, faith speaks, but faith also has to be backed up by action. And this includes taking action on what you believe as evidenced by what you're saying. Well, pastor, I just, I, I just don't see why I have to say it. The same people will go buy a puppy and use what I'm teaching to teach that puppy its name. I just don't believe I have to say it, all right? Then why does your dog come when you call its name? You just, you know, you, in other words, you will operate in these principles for your dog, but you won't operate in these principles for your health. You'll operate in these principles for your dog, but you won't operate in these principles for your net worth. And why do you need to back up your faith with confession and action? Because Jesus said, Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith will it be done unto you. You simply cannot operate on someone else's faith. You simply cannot operate on someone else's faith. And you cannot operate at another person's faith level. You haven't seen me build a city of faith, have you? So obviously I couldn't operate at Oral Roberts level. I can work up to that. <laughs> I don't know if I have enough time left. I can work up. See, you cannot operate on another person's faith and you cannot operate at another person's faith level. That's why Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Now, if Bernie Sanders got in here and did a translation, he would say, according to your neighbor's faith, will it be done unto you? But it doesn't work like that. I said it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You have to find your own faith level and operate there. The good news is you don't have to stay at your current level. Say it out loud. I don't have to stay at my current level. Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? One way you can take action on the word of God and grow your faith is by planting a seed faith offering. April 2, 2023, I'm getting dressed to come over here and the Lord said, no matter what comes in, for missionaries, Kevin and Miriam Smith, make sure and send them $100,000. Okay. And so, you know, I come over here and I'm hoping everybody does a really good job. So that'd be less out of the treasuries of the church and just more to pass on from what the people gave. Well, we had to more than triple it to do what God said. Then I'm out praying on Monday morning, April 3rd, 2023, and the Lord said to me, he said, you don't even see it, do you? I said, see what? He said, what is $10 million divided by 100? I said $100,000, and I started laughing because they have printed so much money, I need an extra $10 million to build phase two. Well, you're not going to get it from me. <laughs> well, that's, that's completely cool because what that means is God's going to have to bless the person on your right and the person on your left double and triple, hallelujah, to get the money in here because the money's coming. <laughs> I said the money's coming, the money's coming, the money's coming, the money's coming, the money's coming. 
Why does he say that five times? Well, because David said he was going to kill Goliath five times. I just like five times. Hallelujah. The money's coming, and it irritates the devil. The money's coming. 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 Yeah, and I could switch and teach on money so easy here. My beautiful, gracious, wonderful, benevolent, loving, and kind father knew I needed some help. If you get this, you can easily double in five years. My beautiful, my wonderful, my gracious, my loving, heavenly father knew I needed some help on this. So he interrupts my life and tells me to put $100,000 in missions in Kenya. Well, pastor, that doesn't make any sense. If we need an extra $10 million, on what planet does it make sense to give away $100,000? You know where? On planet faith. Because now I have extra juice because Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as a seed, you can say, now, we happen to be teaching on confession this morning. But, Pastor, how come sometimes our confession doesn't have any juice? Well, because we have no seed. Amen. We took no action. Amen. See, in other words, we have confession without action. And <clears throat> to make my faith work, I have to have these three lined up and moving in the same direction, what I believe and what I say and what I do, all lined up and moving in the same direction. So he knew that I was probably a little bit concerned about all this money printing and how everything is double what it was three years ago. And he thought, I don't know, maybe they had a conversation. Maybe the father said to the son, maybe the Holy Spirit said to the father, we got to help that boy. <laughs> so let's tell him to give some money away. Amen. Then on Monday, he said, See, he's life coaching me on Monday. You don't even see it, do you? I said, see what? What's $10 million, he said, divided by 100? I had it then. Oh, that's $100,000. So now I have faith as a seed. Yes. See, I had faith, but now I have faith as a seed. Matthew 17, 20 says, if you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And the last clause in the verse is this, nothing shall be impossible for you. Nothing shall be impossible for you. Pastor, I just don't see how we're going to build that and dedicate it with no debt on it. I'm not prophesying that this morning, but that's what I'm saying. Amen. And I'll tell you what, man, we are going to have a big, big, big horse laugh. Hallelujah. Can you imagine moving into phase two and doing all of that and, and dedicating it? I'm saying that the dedication and still having no debt. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
and some crazy preacher stand up there and say, we still ain't got no debt. <laughs> Listen, how could I possibly get there except through faith? We could have a garage sale, but all of you combined don't have enough junk to bring in a million dollars, let alone $20 million. We, we, could have a, we could have a chicken dinner. But you know, they're already killing all these chickens because of bird flu. So where, where could we possibly, and who, who could we possibly feed enough chickens to to bring in $20 million? It just can't be done. It can't be, but I know a way. I know a way. I know a way. Faith in God, faith in God, faith in God, because Jesus said, nothing shall be impossible for you. Amen. Say it out loud. Nothing, nothing. shall be impossible, shall be impossible for, me for me if I will operate, I will operate in, seed faith. in seed faith. Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Matthew 17, 20, I just gave you, nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said with God, all things are possible. Mark 20, 9, 23, Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. Mark 10, 27, Jesus said, all things are possible with God. Luke 1, 37, Jesus said, nothing is impossible with God. Luke 18, 27, Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Say it out loud, Jesus said, it's going to be according to my faith, so I may as well believe God for the best. So get your eyes off your need and get your eyes on the supply. And Jesus is his name and the word of God is his how-to manual. Let's bow our heads and give people an opportunity to make their commitments and decisions for the Lord. You may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Because you see, faith in God doesn't begin with healing. Faith in God doesn't begin with success and prosperity. Faith in God begins by making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life individually and personally. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I want to give my life to God. I want to confess my sins to God. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. There may be others here this morning. You're away from God. You're backslidden. We do have. Where? There may be others here this morning. You're away from God. You're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. You're not living for the Lord like you promised him you would. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, Satan will lie to you and tell you that you've committed the unpardonable sin. Look, if you're in the house of God and you're interested in spiritual things and you still have the breath of life in your lungs, obviously you have not committed the unpardonable sin. If the Spirit of God drew you here, you haven't. If we confess our sins, not to me, not to a priest, but to God, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us of our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I haven't been living for the Lord like I know I should. 
But pastor, I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to make it right. And I want to live for him every day from this day to my last day. That's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Going to pray. Why don't we all stand? For the sake of those who may be watching online, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pause here. There's nothing more important than winning people to Jesus. If you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to be bold about it. I want you to gather up your belongings. Ladies, take your purse in hand, whatever you have with you. That way your mind's not on your stuff. It's on the Lord meeting you here at the altar. If you raise your hand for either invitation, I want you to be bold about it. Step out into the aisle. Join me here at the front. And then I want to say this too. You may be here this morning and maybe you did not raise your hand, but the Spirit of God's drawing you. The Spirit of God's calling you. The Spirit of God's wooing you. I want you to come. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And if you're watching online, you can join with us in prayer. Amen. Believe God either for your salvation or believe God to recommit your life to God. Everybody in the room, let's pray it out loud together. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing, and I've lived for self. But today I turn, and I repent from that old way of living, and I give you my life. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, purify me, sanctify me, take out of me any bitterness, any unforgiveness, anything that might hinder me in my walk with you. Put within me a brand new heart and write your word upon my heart. I thank you for not rejecting me, but for receiving me under yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Isn't the Lord good? I said, isn't the Lord wonderful? Hallelujah. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, you can write to us at fccarlington.com salvation. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. Be a blessing to you.